Hey guys, sorry we're late. We had some technical difficulties and um, we have a very small staff, me and Doug, and that's about it right now. So fortunately we got it on and the computer system seems to be up and running right now. So I apologize and um, glad to see you again. This is uh, Lost Arts Radio Live, which we do once a week and it's related to current events. And I've got a lot of stuff that I put on paper to re- reminders and notes and things that I wanted to go over with you. And we have a lot less time than I thought we have. Even an hour goes by really fast with this stuff. And current events, you know, we tend to get used to them and get kind of dulled to the intensity of what's happening, which is understandable because we don't want to be under incredible self-generated stress all the time. But nevertheless, things are pretty intense on our planet at the moment, and you probably noticed that, especially if you're looking at alternative news sources that are good. Um, so I, my whole focus really is, you know, I see where it's going. It took me decades to really dig into that and investigate it. And I started off with a focus on health because I was in really bad shape in, in the early 60s, long time ago, in the mid-60s when I was a university student. And I, I was in the clutches of the regular medical system and the uh, toxic health care and drugs and surgery and the usual stuff that tends to kill the patient. And I fortunately escaped from that and decided that I would um, figure it out or die peacefully, one or the other. But I wasn't going to get addicted to the medical drugs and have all my organs cut out and then told, well, thanks a lot for your business and now you can die. Uh, that didn't sound like a very good plan. So I, that was my initial focus. And I discovered all this stuff about... Um, suppressed real health information, which it still is in the U.S. and most of the world. And it's available, but you're not supposed to know about it. And instead, you're supposed to think that this really weird system of swallowing toxic chemicals called medicine is going to be the way to stay healthy and have your body cut up and mutilated. And, you know, it just goes on from there. And there's some really good stuff that the medical system does if you're in a car crash or other traumatic situation and, you know, you have an emergency, there's there's some brilliant, heroic um, emergency room doctors, as you know. Even Stephen Greer that we talk about in relation to clean energy and uh, ET questions and things like that is uh, an emergency room doctor. He's not doing that now. He's pretty busy with his other work, but he was. And people like that do incredible work. And some of the regular doctors, too, have broken the trance of medical school and figured out, um, wait a minute, there's a lot wrong with this picture, and maybe the body is not full of big mistakes, and it actually has its own detox system, its own healing systems, uh, knows how to use certain kinds of nutrition, and you have to give it the right kinds, and you know, there's a lot more to it than just what drug do you need, what's your official diagnosis, if something hurts on your body and you give it a Latin name and say that's a diagnosis there, that's not really brilliant, you know, and there's there's much more to it. And they broke the this hypnosis of arrogance that you're taught in higher education now, um, that you don't want to question any certain acceptable pieces of knowledge. So I started with the health thing, but um, very quickly got into agriculture and organic food production, um, environmental issues, weather issues. We're talking about climate 
issues in the mid-60s. There was a book called Survival of Civilization, and at that time everybody thought we were going to freeze to death because of too much CO2 in the atmosphere, just like some people think you're going to boil to death because of too much CO2 in the atmosphere. And what, what was really strange is nobody was looking at the bigger graphs on the larger time frame and saying, well, CO2 is at a low level. You know, what are you talking about? And also there, there are these changes, climate changes happening all the time, and it has been for millions and millions of years. And obviously without people and without technology at the time, and there are other factors involved now with the high technology, but CO2 is not very high, and, and now it isn't. And uh, cutting down the trees and burying them is really not brilliant. You know, to get rid of this evil carbon, we're, we're carbon-based, physically we're carbon-based life forms. On the non-physical level, we're not carbon-based at all, we're spirit. And that's been totally forgotten, and all the people only think of it now in terms of whatever their religion tells them. But there's a reality that's been there before religions were ever thought of. And this thing that people call God, in my experience, is actually real. And it doesn't depend on what you believe. It's actually, re it's where we all come from. It's what we're all made out of. Because in the beginning, that's all there was to make anything out of. So we're basically consciousness-based. And, and what looks like uh, physical matter is a projection of that consciousness because everything is. And when you, and this gets you into really strange, what feel like strange areas of discovery, um, which are hinted at in the field that's recognized as quantum physics, but it's way beyond human fields of understanding. It's beyond language. So talking about it is guaranteed to be inaccurate and inadequate, but you have to kind of do it to check direction, because especially if your interest is in what's going to happen to life on Earth, which I think is kind of an important issue. And um, when I started getting into it in the in the late 60s, you know, I, I started working as an independent health scientist in about 65, and later when I was in the university in the 60s. Um, but that took me quickly into all these other areas, and I was mentioning climate and food production and uh, water and exercise and sunlight and all the basic elements of health that you're not supposed to know about. You're just supposed to take poison chemicals and have your body cut up. You know, It's completely insane. And, and that most of the doctors that are promoting it are not, in, not crazy. They're not malevolent. They just memorize things in medical school that they think they learned, but actually they memorize them, similar to a lot of slogans like uh, true, true, unrelated is one of the slogans they learned in order to not observe patterns, which is one of the basic elements of real science. And they also learned slogans which you may have heard of like, oh, safe and effective. You know, so when that subject comes up, <clears throat> excuse me, and they have to talk about it, and it just triggers what they memorize, and they say, safe and effective, safe and effective. And they're, they're not trained to just memorize that, but this arrogant <clears throat> element that goes with it, so that if it's questioned, they get upset, they get mad at you. And there are some great 
doctors, many of whom have been on our Sunday show, and they've broken through the hypnosis. But the rest of it needs to be broken through now, <laughs> because time is passing quickly, and this conversation that I just had, well, actually where it came from, not just the conversation with Joel Skousen, which was really good, and you can hear that tomorrow, maybe today. But I was reviewing history a lot during this week, uh, specifically historical elements of the what's called the, the uh, Dark Ages or the Early Middle Ages and the Renaissance that came after. And thinking that, well, what about a Renaissance now? You know, things are so under assault. Life on Earth is under assault in so many ways. I mean, the conversation I referred to with Joel Skousen and what we talked about on the earlier YouTube version of the live show was his view. I describe it as a black-pilled view, but not because he's trying to be negative. He's just a brilliant analyst. And he said, well, there's gonna, this is all going to end up with nuclear war between Russia and China and the U, those two allied against the U.S. And then the U.S. is going to absorb the first strike so that it'll be wiped out. And it'll have to have to rely on uh, rescue from the globalists, the centralized government people. And they'll use the space-based weapons to subdue Russia and China, which would be a big disappointment for both of them because they can't take over. And the, the one world government will be what results. And I would take it further because I spent a lot of time digging into what the global rulers are doing starting in about 1970 or so. After I was dealing with the health stuff and agriculture and all of what related to that, I thought, well, maybe you better find out what's going on in the geopolitical world and economics and all these parts that tie together. And if you just are compartmentalized and specialized like you learn in higher education, then you don't know the context of what you learned. And you may be a super expert in one little field, but if you don't understand how it fits together with the rest of the pieces, then you're setting yourself up to be used for destruction by the the power st structure. And I didn't want to fall into that or not understand it. And so, you know, what I ended up finding was that the there's a cartel that's been building up control for at least many thousands of years. And now they're all excited that they think they, they're worried that there's, there's a weak spot that might cause their failure, but they're all excited that they might be on the verge of final success. And at the top level, which they don't tell many of the lower levels of their servants, the top level, as what it looks like to me, and I'm totally subject to error, of course, is that it's a plan for total extermination, including the perpetrators, a suicide mission, um, extermination of life on Earth. And my interest is seeing that reversed, you know, because right now, leading toward that, there's a lot of things happening on the planet that are like a nightmare, and I, I would like to see the opposite happen. We don't have to have hell on Earth, even though I think that's the plan as Joel would probably agree, Joel Skousen. Um, I think that's the plan prior to extermination, but there's no reason that has to happen. And, um, 
You know, the question is, how do you prevent that? And Joel's saying, there's no way. I asked him specifically, and he said, there's no way it can be prevented. It has to. And, and beyond that, he says, it'll never recover. Pretty intense, you know, black pill outlook. And I was thinking, well, there's another level that you're not looking at. But to talk about that on the show, I have to accept people thinking that I'm completely crazy, which they may think anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And that level is hinted at by what the quantum physicists have found out, that in their words, the experimenter influences the experiment. And what that means is, and I'm trying to talk fast because we have a lot less time than I thought we'd have, there's these things called random number generators. They're computer-based, and they come out, they just supposedly generate all kinds of numbers at random. Even numbers, odd numbers, big numbers, small numbers, all kinds. No pattern that they know of. And what they did, the, the quantum physics people, as an experiment, is they sat down a person next to that little computer that was generating the so-called random numbers, and they told the person to think of and focus on, imagine, if you will, all even numbers or all odd numbers. And in the random generation, they were coming out about 50-50 when enough volume of numbers was generated. And when the person was sitting there focused on either even or odd numbers, the 50-50 disappeared and it went over toward the kind of numbers that the person was thinking of. This is like a technical equivalent of the Japanese water experiment done by Dr. Emoto that we've talked about a lot on the show. So they say, based on experiments like that, that the experimenter influences the outcome of the experiment, which they proved. And that's a really big deal but it hasn't been taken far enough. And so I started digging into that further and found other clues like that water experiment by Emoto and a drugless hospital that cured cancer with intention and focus in China. And Ho'oponopono, the Hawaiian system that was curing psychiatric patients without meeting them by certain focus of attention. And this... What these clues do is they debunk, for real, the idea that what you're thinking, and especially what you're feeling, and where your focus and intention are, don't affect your real-world physical environment. That's been disproven by all these clues I just mentioned. But the question is, how far can you take that? And if that's true even on a small scale, why? Why is it true? If this is just solid, inanimate reality that is not interacting with us on a conscious level, then those clues would not be there. Water wouldn't be reacting to the lab techs in the Yamato experiment. Uh, the psychiatric patients wouldn't be cured by um, Dr. Hugh Lan in Hawaii going and sitting in an outside office not meeting the patients and focusing on their files and using his intention to 
take responsibility and say, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, thank you, to each patient via their files without meeting them. And they got cured. Okay, so if we're really tied to the 3D limited picture of reality, we just say, well, that's impossible. Must be a mistake in reporting. Except they weren't mistakes. They really happened. So what does it mean, and are we awake enough to use the clues as signposts to what we need to do with this little situation we've got in the world where there's a real danger of the end of life on our planet in the near future. Um, Because we've had all kinds of beliefs, you know, all through history. Every religion and no religion and um, philosophies, Greek philosophers, all kinds of philosophers, Chinese, Lao Tzu, everybody that we've heard of, and the situation goes on. And if you look at history honestly, you see, at least in the known recorded history, there's a succession of wars and people vying for power and people becoming kings and queens and telling everybody else what to do, killing the ones who didn't obey, and then they got weak and some other king or queen took over and killed them. And it just keeps going. It's pretty ridiculous level of human history. And I even, you know, I have friends from Iran that said, well, in, in Persia, they had a much more wise king. This guy was really famous named Cyrus the Great. You may have heard of him. So I read Persian history and the story of Cyrus the Great. And he was nicer to the people that he conquered. But he still killed them to, to get control of more territory. And it was the same thing. It's like whoever has the power to, to murder the most... Um, you know, wins. And that's been the case right up to now. Except now they've got technologies that are capable of ending life on Earth. And they're not using them instantly, which they could. So there's something deeper going on. Because they definitely have the intent for us to be gone. So why is, why is the uh, delay? What's, what's, what's their problem? They've got all these things in motion like the uh, weaponized frequencies, not just 5Gs, but all the others, and poisoned agriculture and poisoned health care and fake education and media and military and police being misused. Great people in both of those that are, well, some of them have been really compromised. Like in Australia, it's the most obvious view. Um, police, for a paycheck, are willing to do anything. And, I'm, you know, if any of you guys are watching... You're making a big mistake because nobody gets away with anything. There's a time there's a karmic time delay, but it doesn't get dropped. So if you're clubbing women and kids in the street and men too and thinking that that's okay because you're trying to stop them from having free speech and you haven't noticed that the whole pandemic thing is seriously in error from what we're being told. Um, you need to stop and question what you're doing. It's not. It's really not worth it to keep the job. You know, you need to cooperate with other people in the enforcement field, whether it's public health or in law enforcement or military or anything. Get together and 
start a new truth-based parallel civilization. That's really what's required right now. So if you look at what the chances are for a renaissance, there wasn't a complete renaissance in the renaissance. Because, yeah, there were more discoveries known and breakthroughs in art and Michelangelo was painting things and, you know, all these great people were discovering how to make certain machines and astronomical observations and things like that. But the basic pattern of humans dominating and killing each other for power was still going on. And the banking was getting a big boost that would later enslave most everybody on the in on earth during the Renaissance. Medici and other families were involved in that. And so the kind of Renaissance that I'm saying we should have it's probably happened sometime, but not in our recorded history. You know, there were periods on Atlantis that things were pretty evolved, according to Thoth and other sources that we've got. But it didn't last. You know, things degenerated on Atlantis too, and apparently there was a, a um, early version of the same uh, cabal that is dominating humanity now, and it's a long story about energy technology that they made that went crazy and uh, did what CERN would like to do and ripped open dimensions and everybody was getting possessed. It was a big mess. But the point was there was no stable, evolved, conscious society even then. And I don't know if there ever was on this planet. Maybe, but I don't know of any traces of it at the moment. You know, there's some fancy buildings and stuff like that, but um, different kinds of skeletons. If the consciousness was what I'm talking about, it wouldn't have devolved into what we have now. So the question is, um, do we have to keep going with this stuff? <clears throat> and the reason I brought up the clues of quantum physics and beyond is because I think that's where our potential to change the whole pattern lies. That if you build, and we don't have time to really fully go into this now, maybe we'll do more next week, but if you go into fully what they started to discover with the influence of the experiment around the experiment, what it leads to is a, an understanding that the experimenter creates and controls the outcome of the experiment, doesn't just influence it. And that what looks like physical, solid reality is not. It's what our senses pick up as a result of a projection of consciousness. And I, you know, this would take a long time to go into in detail, but I want to say at least a little bit, even though our time is short, because it's really important. And, um, I'm just encouraging other people who are exploring in the same areas, push it, because push it and apply it. If you just get a lot of theoretical physics understanding or something like that, you haven't really made a solid contribution to the outcome, because there have been brilliant physicists, and look where we are. You know, we need obviously more than that. So, um, right now, we've got a multi-thousand-year story of uh, horrors and tragedy, and what kind of just what kind of tragedy? Well, 
and I'm talking about life on this planet, it's not like the descriptions of hell, you know, in the various scriptures, which I've actually found are pretty accurate, unfortunately. Not permanent, but accurate. Um, but it's a kind of tragedy where you have incredible beauty. You know, you can think of it in your own life. Um, people before they fall apart, before their bodies fall apart, situations where everybody's excited in the early stages, all these beautiful forms and situations that gradually disintegrate and end up almost always in tragedy. Um, because of the beauty and seeing it destroyed over and over again. Um, and people in the early stages where they're all excited about what seems to be going great don't look ahead decades to see where it's going and the fact that there are some things we need to solve so that this tragedy cycle can end. And, it, you know, the earth, I think, it looks to me like it was designed so that it, there could be heaven on earth. Not permanent, but as a step toward ultimate destinations, at least not like it is right now. And usually people don't look ahead thinking about that. And they gradually end up in the end stages of this nightmare. And I, I don't think any of us intended it that way. Our interest in it originally was innocent. We saw beauty and happiness that could be experienced in this particular dream. And we projected this dream world in consciousness. And you're supposed to be taught that, well, this separated God is nothing like you. You're not, forget about being made in the image of God and being made out of the same thing. You're this helpless piece of dust that just disintegrates. Um, so when we came into this, we gradually fell into that forgetfulness of ourselves. i got to skip some of this stuff, and we'll look at it later. And we created what amounts to a dream world, and I, I know it would take a lot of discussion to really explain why I'm saying this is a dream world, and maybe we'll get to that eventually. But what happened is we let our imagination that is very powerful, and it's creating the outcome of our lives right now. It's just not focused like it could be, and we let it run in all possible directions. And some of us chose to play different characters in this dream, the physical bodies come and go, and when you leave them, you're not you're not that character anymore. But it's like a, a piece that you choose, a character in an action role-playing video game. You think it's it's you. You're so into the game that you think it's you for a while. And some chose to play characters that were evil, and some chose characters that were good. And and that was true at human and non-human levels. It's still going on. Um, and there's this mechanism built into the way the whole thing works. It's called karma or reaping what you sow and it's very rigid and regimented. It's not malicious, it's just like gravity. It's the law of nature. And So anybody that chooses to play a character on the dark side even a little bit, that's a big mistake because it's not that God is either going to find you or not and maybe punish you. It's built into you. You can't get away from it. Your own consciousness, if you're condemning or unkind to somebody when, when there's no call for it, and I mean, really, there's never any call for that. De Self-defense is one thing, but being unnecessarily unkind to people or doing things that are bad that all of us have fallen into in some way, all of those are recorded internally. And then your own consciousness, 
and this is going to sound weird, I'm sorry, but your own consciousness, which is projecting the dream, arranges a situation for you to learn why that was a mistake and not to do it. And once you understand that, you're really careful. And you do things that have good karmic results instead of bad ones. And I'm talking to the people who have chosen to play the so-called bad characters. They're just like us under the programming. They're not a different species or something like that. But they've identified with the bad character that their actor is playing, and they get to pay for that. Nobody gets away with anything. But it can take a long time, and there's a, uh, there's a delay factor that makes people not see the cause-and-effect relationship. And so not seeing that, people think they can beat the system, and the karmic system can't be beaten in, in any normal way anyway. There are ways to f get out of it completely, but not by being real clever and committing crimes of various kind. Really, nobody gets away with anything in the end. And then there are the biggest group of dreamers in numerical numbers of humans on the planet at this time, not consciously trying to hurt anybody, but just acting their lives out hypnotically like they're in a trance, doing what's expected and following orders. And right now the evil characters, the ones who are playing the bad guys, are all excited because they think they're about to conclude their destructive plan. Um, and there are more, more and more people waking up to an awareness of at least parts of that plan, and they see the plan, and they hate the dreamers, they hate the dreamers playing the evil roles, and they think that uh, they see at least part of the agenda. They want to destroy the bad guys. And they see things like, Oh, I don't know if we've got a chance to look at the video by Greg Reese. That's an example of what's being done. Doug, can we play a little bit of that real quick? Um, and I'll try not to interrupt if you've got access to that. If not, I'll... It's an example of what the bad guys are up to. Ex-head of respiratory research at, at the Pfizer, moment. Mike Yeadon, and researchers including Craig Cooper have sourced VAERS data on vaccine death and injury in the U.S., a database of over 700,000 adverse reactions caused by the Moderna, Pfizer, and Janssen vaccines. These vaccines have been deployed in different batches, officially referred to as LOTS. This has allowed Yeadon's team to back-engineer Big Pharma's COVID-19 vaccine deployment agenda in the U.S. All their information is published at HowBadIsMyBatch.com and HowBad.info. And what we learn is quite telling. About 0.5% of all the different batches are highly toxic, resulting in hospitalization, disability, and death within days or weeks of injection. Other batches cause minimal adverse reactions and most appear to be harmless placebos. When plotting on a timeline, we can see that these three companies have been working together to quietly monitor the lethal effectiveness of specific deadly batches. While one company is deploying a lethal batch, the other two deploy harmless ones, creating the scientific environment to perform dose range finding or the maximum tolerated dose for each specific batch. The timeline shows that each lethal batch deployment is preceded and followed by a quiet period, 
allowing them time to establish their baseline before the next deadly batch is deployed. Private leaked documents from the CDC show a list of expiry dates, and only certain lots are included, the very same lots found to be highly toxic in Parta Cooper's database. Which makes sense. There would be no reason to list expiration dates for saline placebo. Only the deadly ones. This mode of deployment allows governments the ability to direct deadly batches into specific populations, such as red states. Analysis of the number of dying per 100,000 vaccinated in 50 states shows us that the overwhelming majority of vaccine deaths are happening in red states. Some red states are experiencing 11 times more vaccine deaths than other states. On average, red states are experiencing twice the amount of vaccine death and injuries than blue states. After ruling out other possibilities, Parta Cooper concluded that this can only be due to the fact that red states received at least twice as much of the lethal batches than blue states did. Among several other crimes, they are tipping the scales of the democratic process by killing people who voted against the New World Order's woke, build-back-better Great Reset, while at the same time endlessly flooding the borders with unvaccinated foreigners. And it's happening right now. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, so I I noticed that video a little while ago, and Doug reminded me of it today. The only reason I wanted to take a minute and play it was that that's just one little piece, little clue of a much bigger extermination agenda that's going on at the hands of the uh, the individuals that have chosen to play the roles of the evil characters. And at the top levels, they've been called a lot of names, different religions and scriptures call them fallen angels and things like that but what i'm presenting here as a just something to look at is that's probably true but what are fallen angels before they're fallen and what are they made out of and who do we think we are you know so hating the bad this is a long story obviously but hating the bad guys is a way to keep this feud going where all sides hate each other and they keep having wars and battles indefinitely and sometimes one side is ahead and sometimes the other. I think we need to grow to the next level at this point and realize that the deception that the people who have so-called fallen into these bad roles is always self-deception. Because nobody can fool you unless you're willing to fool yourself, too. Otherwise, it would just bounce off and you'd realize you're being offered something to believe that doesn't make any sense and has no good outcome. So, you've got the so-called bad guys that people like to hate when they start finding out what's going on that are actually victims of their own self-deception. And to, we want to stop the whole cycle. You know, not just fight and destroy the bad guys, hate them, and then become the, gradually the new bad guys, and that's usually what happens. And there, it goes back and forth. The whole root of this cycle that's gone on for a really long time has to be cut. 
um, we have clues about how to do that. And it's not about killing the other side. It's about breaking the whole foundation of this dream that's got everybody deceived. And this video, essentially it's a video game, or analogous to a video game, where different players have chosen their characters to be, the, and they've gotten so much into the characters, because it's, it's really the ultimate virtual reality. It's beyond those goggles, you know, that Zuckerberg wants you to wear, and the other people that are so enticing and so amazing colors and reality of the, the scenarios that you think you're there. We already did that. That's what you're in right now. And I'm not asking you to believe it, but just be open to considering it, because if you find out that it's true, it gives you a potential to play a major part in healing what's happening in the world, which I think is really important. The clues that we've got are small-scale, like the Ho'oponopono and Emoto and Chinese Hospital and the work of Veda Austin, too, who was on recently as a guest. But nobody scaled this up, you know, like... Emoto's water experiment proved that focused consciousness is not just some silly new age idea. It's real. And it's affecting physical matter. It may be generating physical matter and holding it together. And it affects water crystallization. And Veda took it further and found out that it, it initiates two-way communication with a supposedly inanimate object, which eventually you find out there aren't any of those. They're just different forms of consciousness. So how come nobody scaled that up? Because if that is a clue that's valid, what's the difference between a glass of water and, a pl and life on a planet? Why cannot somebody with the right focus help wake up the people who are playing both the good and the bad roles so it brings in harmony and instead of hell on earth it creates the opposite? I think we could. And just because we don't have a record of it in our known history doesn't mean we can't. So how come nobody's done it so far? And we know nobody has in history. Because look where we are. And look what's been happening nonstop with brief interludes. And the nightmare now, which I'll call the dream world, is in the form of a nightmare, is threatening to get worse. And... I know we're almost out of time. I'm probably going to go over a few minutes because I really want to get to the bottom line point of this, not just have people think, well, either that's crazy or that's kind of interesting. Thanks a lot. No, I don't want to take even one hour to do that. I'm trying to bring something up for our attention and consideration that actually has a chance to change where the world is going right now because if we don't, we're in a really serious situation, <laughs> even though the TV programs are still on and uh, the fast food places are still open and, you know, whatever, to make it seem normal. It's not normal. That little piece by Greg Reese was a hint of what's happening. And I don't think he had the whole story because in the animal trials with the injection that were done, by the way, with a bunch of different kinds of animals, including ferrets, which are like these really nice potential pet weasel-type animals that are friendly and smart, and they, they did the injections for uh, coronaviruses on them. And mo they all died, but most of them died in a delayed fashion. 
only a small amount died quickly. And Greg was pointing out that about 0.5% of the people injected died in a short time, which is true. About one out of 200, I think that is. But what about the rest, you know, over longer periods of time? And in the ferret trials, and ferrets have a lot of similarities physiologically with people, the body's a bit longer and they have more legs, but a lot of similarities in how the physiology works. And they all died, equivalent to about a five-year gap in human lifespan. So what Greg is reporting is right, but it leaves out the potential that the others are in danger of long-term uh, death when the final uh, mechanisms kick in. I don't know. We need to turn that around for the sake of those people. And there's a lot of us working on, you know, what are the ideal real remedies for that. And they have to not just be proposed as great ideas. They have to be proven. They should be proven. And that doesn't take long because you start, and I'm talking about harmless remedies that have no danger, like real medicine. You know, like Hippocrates was talking about 2,500 years ago, who used to be called the father of modern medicine. He's not called that so much anymore because it was really irritating to have the Hippocratic Oath being taken by doctors who are then going to move into giving people poison chemicals and calling it medicine. And there's, there's a problem with that. But Hippocrates said, do no harm. Not, none. No harm at all. Not just because they didn't have the means of the modern chemicals to do the harm. They had ways to do harm then. They had hemlock and all kinds of other stuff. He said, uh, physician heal thyself, which means if you're going to pretend that you can help other people, prove it, you know, <laughs> do it on your own body for sure. And then when you help everybody else, don't cause any damage. Don't give them this nonsense of acceptable levels of side effects. There aren't any. You know, look for the medicine that's real. It doesn't hurt anybody. And they're doing the opposite right now. Um, so to to understand how to um, turn around the nightmare scenario that we're in right now that most people don't want to look at and either want to brush off as not real or if they're afraid they'll find out that it is real, they really would rather watch a movie or, you know, which I totally understand. I would rather do that too, for sure. But I realized if you do that and you just burn up your time doing anything possible to be distracted from what's really happening, your chances of contributing to a solution are not that great because you're not even aware of what's going on. And so you have to get into a state in your mentality, in your emotional state, that you're not going to be driven crazy by realizing what's going on. And there are ways to do that. And that's actually an essential first step. Because if you don't do that, you can't stand to look at the depth of the evil that's going on. It's very disturbing. But if you change your mindset, you can look at it for strategic purposes and not be disturbed. And it's really important to do that. So... What has to happen to turn it around? Let's say this is a dream world for the moment, even though it takes much more to explain and justify why I'm saying that. If it is, if what looks like physical reality and all these situations and people identifying with the characters they're playing, especially the bad guys, 
and most of the population identifying with themselves as these helpless little physical beings running around that are in danger from every side. No clue of who we really are. Unlimited spirit because of what we were made from in the image of. We're not physical. We're in costumes. We're not the costumes. We're not the minds. We're something totally different. So the steps to, to getting people to experience that is not good enough to just believe it. That doesn't do anything. You know, we've had thousands of years of dem demonstration of belief, and it doesn't change where the world's going. The belief that we are these costumes is in the way. So there's two parts of the understanding, um, or two parts of the action required to get any good out of it. There's the understanding, which I think is imp critically important, but then there's also the application. Like, you understand what Emoto proved, what the Chinese hospital proved, what Ho'oponopono proved. Okay, and then how come we can't do that and wake up the perpetrators of the nightmare? I think we can. And so w the point of even getting into this weird-sounding stuff on this broadcast is to invite any of you that are interested to help with the discovery of how to apply that because I think that's the underlying key, you know. And we know already that all the life forms are networked and conscious in their own way. Everything and everybody is connected. And all the life forms are broadcasting frequencies. And the frequencies are powerful. You know, people didn't used to know about that at all because you can't see a frequency with the ways our eyes are tuned. You can't immediately feel them in most cases. But they're real. Radiation from a nuclear bomb is real. Radiation from a cell tower is real. These have physical effects that... Um, there was a movie called Take Back Your Power, um, which was a really good movie. It's worth watching. And it showed the effects on life forms of uh, smart meter radiation called non-ionizing radiation and cell phone radiation. A bunch of cell phones together were able to uh, start cooking an egg. I mean, and people hold them right next, right next to their brain because they trust the authorities to say these technologies are safe and they're not. You know, we need to start breaking our trance. Anyway, the frequencies, the, those examples were just to say that frequencies are real, even though you can't see them. And the most important generator of frequencies is humans. Even though we're not cell towers. And those frequencies are tied to our emotional state and our degree of focus. And that was what was used in the Emoto experiment to focus the emotion of love on a glass of water that is supposedly inanimate, and then quickly freeze a little bit of it, and you see the amazing artistic designs that come in response to nothing physical, just the intent of love and gratitude and harmony and things like that. It changes the crystallization of water. Well, not only is water in all the regular life forms that we know about, like animals and trees and plants and birds and things like that. But it works on things besides water. And there are other experiments that have been shown that. So we are sending out that radiation, that frequency, 
all the time. It doesn't require you to believe anything or to know that you're doing it. And most people have no focus on what they're sending out, you know, in terms of blessing or cursing for other people, which you're doing 100% of the time without knowing it. And if that is made conscious, and then we focus it on larger scale issues, we're not supposed to know about the potential of that. It's beyond what is attributed to nuclear power. The most powerful physical things that you can imagine are not as powerful as what you have dormant that most of us are not using consciously at all. It's known on the top levels of the negative power structure and the bad guys, so to speak, and they are using that projection technique into our atmosphere, which is not only a physical atmosphere, it's also energy. And the frequent, frequent fear has a particular frequency, and they're projecting that into the atmosphere 24-7. And you can see the effect, but it's not as strong as what we could project by any stretch of the imagination. Light is vastly superior in strength to darkness, which is just temporary absence of light, unawareness of light. And that's the area we need to be getting into immediately. You know, we have the potential to turn this around. i got to jump through this other stuff because I have to get ready for the Planetary Healing Club meeting where we take this deeper. But I, I want to make sure and at least get the basic idea across that these clues that physical matter is changed, situations are changed, people are changed, even people that are really impossible to communicate with in normal situations can be reached subliminally when you learn how to generate the right frequencies. Um, people have talked about things like the Rife machine and other electronic uh, frequency-based medicines that are like energy devices. And they devise frequencies that would kill certain microorganisms and things. But your generation system that you broadcast is way more sophisticated. And if you set the general tone, you don't have to go over the details of what you want accomplished. And the key to doing it, I, I have to say it before we quit here, is not to do it yourself. It's like, it brings back that funny line in... Uh, Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee, one of his best movies, I think. And he was talking about his English was a little imperfect, and he said, fighting without fighting. And I can visualize the scene that was in, but that was just because of my interest in martial arts. But in this particular case, we have to do this broadcast of the frequencies of love and harmony and healing, which are not just nice, they're powerful. They're just rarely focused. And if we do it from ourselves, it's going to have flaws. But this thing that people are talking about in religions called God, what it, it turns out that that's real. And it, it's of immense critical importance to everything. And we can't be disconnected from it because we wouldn't exist otherwise. We were made out of it. But if that connection becomes conscious again, and it's, I'm not talking about a belief, I'm, this is completely on a different level. If that becomes conscious again, 
then what you do is you invite that source to broadcast the healing frequencies into this situation. And those don't have any flaw. And they take care of it. And it's just waiting on us to even, even comprehend that any of that's possible and get past the level of belief and memorization to actual internal experiential change, and that's what it's about. And in the dream world analogy, which as I'm actually serious about that, I'm just a character in your dream talking to you. I'm l literally serious about that. I'm one of the characters in your dream world that you th might think is real. And I'm reminding you that you're fine, but you're in this dream at the moment, you're not waking up, and you have the potential to wake up in the dream. If you wake up and leave it, then the whole thing's a moot point. But what really is the key during this time when you're in this costume that you think is you is wake up in the dream, in the costume, and realize what you could do. And that's the biggest fear of the negative power structure. Which is funny because it's the only thing that could really save them from the consequences of what they're doing. And you could be saving both them and us. And I'm inviting you to wake up to that. Not in theory. That won't do a thing. But for real. And if anybody's interested in that, we can talk more in detail later. Uh, we're way over time right now. And this is what Planetary Healing Club is about. What The reason it was started is for that. So if you get interested in a supportive environment where we're literally working on that, if you're ready for it, then you're invited. PlanetaryHealingClub.com And yeah, we charge money because we're trying to survive, but if you don't like it, you can just have the money back in the first month, not 10 years later. And... Um, help support us too if you want to keep us on the air because we're not doing commercials and it's not that I don't want money from commercials it's that I know that for us to succeed at what we're doing this has to be clear no shadow on anything no dishonesty no hypocrisy as much as humanly possible and so the only money that we're getting because I almost never have time to do one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions anymore but Planetary Healing Club brings in a little bit of money to keep us going, and then donations would allow us to activate projects that we've got on hold, which I would really appreciate. And you can donate at lostartsradio.com. There's a donate button. It goes to all of our nonprofit. All of it goes to our nonprofit that controls this whole thing and would be in charge of the projects that we have waiting to start, which would be good to be doing right now. Um, so donate at lostartsradio.com if you have the means to do that. Um, and help us share the links at least. But if you're a friendly billionaire, even if you don't, don't want to help us, I would like to talk to you about all the things waiting for you to help that other people are doing that you need to know about. And time is really short. And being exterminated makes having billions of dollars a lot less relevant. There's things you can do. You can help us, but there's a lot of other stuff that really needs your attention. And it would be very good for you personally to do that too. So let us know if you have any resources and any goodwill toward humanity at the moment. And we'll, 
I'll talk to you for free about that, just with ideas about, you know, the kind of agriculture and medicine and education and all these things that need to be started. And there's some great people working on organization of that right now. So we need to value the time we've got left. I don't know how much it is in this chapter. We'll, if, if we fail in this chapter of life, we'll have more opportunities. But I don't want us to fail this time around. It's time to do it different for the first time for everybody's benefit. And um, use the time well. Take care of yourself. Get yourself in good shape. Learn about the forbidden health information that's been suppressed for so long violently in the U.S. and most of the world. Get back as much of your physical well-being as you can because it makes the internal work much easier. And then help us take this consciousness work to the next level, not any of the belief junk about new agey, nice ideas to feel better. I'm talking about the real aspect. We need people brave enough to do that. I hope you're one of them. So, sorry to go so long over. Try to do better next time, and uh, we'll see some of you in Planetary Healing Club in 15 minutes. Otherwise, uh, know that there's a guest show tomorrow. Some places will have it up sooner. That's going to have Joel on it, and it will explain some of what my initial comments were about. So, take care, and don't underestimate what you can do to help change this for the better. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. 
The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the band ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brighteon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brighteon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.